This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. He's not he's only not, cunning in magic, he's, he's also cunning robot. on the dating field, you know? Yeah, he's not like some robot sent back in time to just teach us how to properly play magic. And <laughs> he's also here to steal our girlfriends. <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60Cards.com. Check us out. In 2010... A crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from the federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind tricking myself constantly. <laughs> Jay Boosh. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking mind slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And Medina. I'm on camera and I'm like, oh man, don't blink. Act like you meant to do this. <laughs> and now. The hey everyone, welcome to episode 90 of the A-Team Podcast. This is KYT with Scott, Jay, and Jonathan. How's it going, fellas? Sir? Great. Awesome. <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> I feel like we've done this before. Who knew? So uh, we actually have a, a very special guest with us this evening uh, for your listening pleasure. Um, We've got everyone's favorite curmudgeon-turned-hero, ex-greatest player in the world, recent Star City Games Invitational semifinalist, Mr. Star City Games himself, Jerry Thompson. What's up? <laughs> nice. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. It's only Welcome been... back uh, to the show, even. Back to the show. I know. It's only been, like, what? Two years. Fuck. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's only been a year, but close yeah. enough. The last, well, the last time we had you on the show was just before Worlds. Um, and really? you were, yeah, and you had just recently, uh, been given the title. You just won the Invitational, the first Invitational. Um, and then, uh, and you, you officially had the highest worldwide ranking. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I didn't think it was that long ago. Yeah. Coincidentally, one of our most downloaded episodes ever, by the way. Sweet. Well, yeah. now I'm going for, uh, most Planeswalker points. <laughs> don't you have to beat like Jackie Lee for that or something? Uh, not for lifetime. No, I got a cover. I got her covered for lifetime, but oh, okay. Uh, the tough one, I think. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah. Recently, obviously, you you're just back from your uh, top four appearance at the uh, the Invitational, um, where you were uh, kicking ass and taking names with Delver and Reanimator. So, uh, how do you feel about your performance overall? Um, it, I mean, it went well. Like, I started 11-1 and one and felt on top of the world, basically. And then I lost my next two, and I started kind of panicking or whatever. And then I played against Ali Antrazi, and I, got, I was paired down for, like, the fifth time in six rounds or something. So he needed to win-win to top eight, and I just needed a win. 
Uh, I thought I needed a draw, but, like, the math is so messed up at the end of these tournaments because, like, everyone in the top ten is basically, like, played each other. So you can't really tell, like, who's going to make top eight, you know? You should have asked Todd Anderson. I hear he's pretty good at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could have I done that. So anyway, I, I, I could have won one and one, but I did not know that. So I mentioned to him that I was pared down, just kind of like putting the feelers out there, and uh, he offered to concede, which is basically what I wanted. You know, I didn't want to have another near-miss thing like a Grand Prix Minneapolis where I start like infinite in one and then just like lose a bunch of rounds in a row. So then... I was pretty happy at the time to, like, lock up top eight, and now I just kind of feel dirty about it, you know? But other than that, I was, I was pretty happy with my performance. Just, like, that thing kind of caused the whole thing for me. Yeah, fair enough. So we, we didn't get to see your quarterfinal match because um, we, uh, we were stuck watching Michael Hetrick and, uh, you know, win games that I don't – he played his way out of some impossible situations. All credit yeah. where credit is due. Um, and then of course we got to, we all got to go and, and pee and drink coffee and beverages (laughs) and whatnot while the remainder of the Delver on Delver insanity proceeded to complete in the end of round one of the quarters. Yeah. Both those guys were playing super slow. Oh, it's painful. (laughs) I had a flight to catch, you know, and (laughs) I finished my five game match and it's like, oh, they're in game three or whatever. I'm just like, dear God. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like that match was super slow, but like when that guy played, what's his name, his name is Lauren, right? Yeah. When that guy, when when that guy played, um, oh man, the next guy, I'm not, I'm obviously doing bad with Ronnie the names Ritter. here. Yeah, yeah. When he played him, he was like done in three games, like instantly. Like, you know, both, aren't both of those guys from Ohio? You should probably know those dudes. Oh man, don't put me on the spot, bro. I actually know. <laughs> I I know Lauren. Uh, he, I played him. Uh, I played him. He goes to my to the local store, Epic Loot, that I play at, and uh, I, I battled him uh, last time. I battled him. I, I smashed him in the Delvermere, uh, pretty pretty handily. So uh, made me feel good when I saw him win win the trophy. So you should, you should have showed up to the invitational because he was smashing uh, obviously him. obviously I would have just crushed uh, that thing. See the problem is Jerry uh, John doesn't write for Star City anymore so he doesn't get the free invites. Oh, oh it's so oh, awkward. He's to earn it. That's oh so awkward. Yeah. Um, so so yeah so can I ask a really just a quick question because it was something that you know I mean as far as I was concerned I had uh, you know I had two big horses in this race you know for invitational. And it was you and Shaheen, right? I mean, no secret that, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the two of you. Um, and I was really hoping, since you guys were on opposite sides of the brackets, to be like Clash of the Titans in the middle. It would have been sick. But anyways. Um, yeah. So. Hold on. The, the thing about that is that that basically could have never happened because if BBD won his quarterfinals and I won mine, I probably would have conceded to him to catch my flight. And oh. then if... Hetrick won, and I won. I was probably just going to lose. So, so let's 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 talk about Hetrick for a minute because it sounds like, and and maybe this is the coverage's fault, and maybe something just changed along the way. Maybe you're just that much of a persuasive devil. But they started out talking <laughs> about the top eight rounds, and it was uh, Matthias Hunt said that uh, Michael had officially at the beginning of the of the whole top eight had officially said I. I declining any and all splits i'm here to win <laughs> um you know and i'm here to take it you know to take it all and so you know for me you know 
that was so frustrating, you know, because like he's just going out there and I mean, at least he's beating everybody, you know, which is, which is good. Then he gets, you know, to the end and then loses. And I just like, I was losing my shit. Cause I'm just like, he's fucking, he, he re- declines the splits, gets up there, fucks all of the people that I want to do well in this thing. And then fucking loses like, God damn it. Right. Anyway, we, we actually, we actually ended up splitting top four. I know, which is what I yeah, found out so, afterwards by reading by reading your Twitter. So, what the fuck happened, dude? I don't know. So, I, I win my top eight match, and I'm going around to the dudes to see the dudes. Yeah, you know, all all the other dudes to They're see if, yeah. if I know they want to split too, so that you know I can figure out exactly what I can do. Because uh, if if they don't want to split, then I actually have to play out my match. You know, but if they do want to split, then I'm fine with like, you know, if it's going to game five or something and it's taking forever, then I can just concede and leave. But if uh, the split gets refused, like I probably have to book another flight. So right. I'm just going around and I I was like, hey, Hedrick, we're playing. Do you want to split? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that was it. That's all it took. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And then he crushed me. So Persuasive mm. devil at Jerry T. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be the Justin Timberlake hair. <laughs> well, I wonder. I, I wonder if it's you know, it's Jerry and it's Jerry's tournament. You know, this is like, well, Jerry wants to split. I guess I got to split now. I guess I have to. I wonder, I like, why you're so frustrated by someone who says he doesn't want to split. Like, what's 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 the big deal? Like, he could if he could win, he could do whatever the hell. No, he wants. no, no. Hey, hey, that's don't, a douche horn. That's don't a... get me wrong. Listen, <laughs> I'm just no. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. A douche nothing, horn. <laughs> nothing against nothing against Hattrick. Like, honestly, you know what? If if that's what he wants to do, I mean, it's totally his right and prerogative. Like, I don't take anything away from him. And you know what? That day, based on watching him play in the quarters, if anybody had the fire to fucking take that thing down, it was him. Like, like I said, he fought himself out of more situations in that uh, first round than any human had any right to do so. Like, I thought I was watching LSV play this game, play this match. It was stupid. But because Jerry was still in the top four, you know, so it's like, I wanted Jerry to do well, you know, because I wanted him to come on the show, and I wanted yeah, him to Jer- do well. Jerry's a good, you know, well, no, no, Jerry's no, no, a big no, no. boy. Yeah, but hold he, on he a minute. take care of himself, bro. <laughs> I, can't, I can't root for my boys, though. Like, come on. Like, I, I just, I want him to get some money, and, and that's it. And then he just crushed him, and I'm like, God damn it. No splits, and he crushed him. Because, like, it didn't come out until after. Anyways, oh, I see. I, see. I, was just, I was just rooting for my boys, that's all. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, like, if he doesn't want to split good, Jerry needs to play tighter and then get it there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I do better when I've already split, because then the pressure's off. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I guess, you know what, that might uh, account for... Your um, fantastic showing as the captain of Star City Games Blue at Pro Tour Avicen Restored. Yeah. Um, do you no, want to I, talk? That that one I just played a very bad deck. Okay. I, I I had to ask. So, like, the Star City Games Blue, you mean you guys did a really good job during the Invitational. I mean, hats off to everyone that was doing the interviews. Like, Ruben did a really great job, and, and I don't know whose idea it was to get all that stuff together. Probably, you know, the mastermind of Irwin, but... It was it was really good. It was enjoyable to watch. It felt very much like we were watching a slightly scaled down version of Pro Tour Avicen Restored, which we all know was an unreal event to watch. Yeah, I was watching the coverage for that in between the rounds and stuff, and it was pretty awesome. But as far as that actual tournament, it was like Block was just a really bland format, and like none of the stuff that I wanted to work or play with was like 
really coming together. You know, like I went to mine a self mill deck, but it gained nothing from the new set and was just like bad. And I wanted to play a control deck, but they didn't seem very good. And then we just end up with this mid range pile Naya deck, and that's what everyone just jumps on for no real reason. Like the deck wasn't even very good. It's not doing anything particularly powerful. Like the mana's bad, the curve is bad, and people are just like, yeah, this is what we're playing. And I just got like kind of frustrated, I guess, because I didn't like the deck at all. And then all the points that I was bringing up, like people were just like, no, you haven't played enough with the deck, and we have, like, we know what's going on. So I'm just like, all right, fine. Like, up until the day before the Pro Tour, they had Brimstone Volley instead of Bonfire in their deck. And I'm just like, this is wrong. Like, why are you not playing Bonfire, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, Bonfire is a pretty ridiculous card. Yeah. Yeah. So so in that case, then, did, did Cho just, you know, get good matchups, play good magic that day? Like, was just his day, or what? Um, Maybe. I'm not sure. Like, Like, he, for the most part, he plays really, really well. He's one of those dudes that doesn't do everything like technically correct but he has a game plan and he executes it you know he's not the type of dude that's gonna like uh attack and then just leave himself dead on board you know he doesn't like throw away games or anything but he'll make like some small tactical mistakes and like thankfully none of that stuff came back to bite him you know uh I, like the, the deck was fine especially since no one else really brought a good deck either so that just ended up working out. And I think with, you know, the sheer amount of people that were on our, that were on our team, like someone just based on numbers was going to top eight. Yeah. So. All right. So, um, are you qualified yet for the next one? Yeah, I, I'm gold or whatever they call it now. I had 26 pro points last year. Sweet. All right. So, uh, so we get to see you at uh, return to rap. So that's good. Um, okay. So, you haven't been able to take down an invitational for the last like two like last two times around. Um just dumb luck, bad matchups. <laughs> like what what's going on here? You, you haven't mean, been able to take down an invitational, Jerry. What's ex- going I mean, on here? Well, well yeah. listen, yeah. You the, the tournaments this- are hard, man. I don't know. It's like <laughs> the the top eights what? are usually pretty what? good. Tournaments are hard. Isn't this oh. a Star City Games tournament? How could it possibly be difficult? Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's harder than you'd think, I guess. You, think you could be truthful. You could say that your brain is cooked from now having a girlfriend. Well, that's <laughs> certainly true. Yeah, yeah. I think they they call it when you're a boxer. You know, you're you're getting weak in the legs. You know, because you got a girl now. So it's you know, okay. Yeah, it's that not makes a... that makes that makes sense. But I've still you know top eight at three out of five. That's not bad, right, guys? No, it's 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 good. It's fine. I mean, it's perfectly fine. It's fine, says Scotty, who's only ever four three everything. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. But it's, I, I can't possibly hold up to the standard of Jerry, though, right? Like, I, I do want to say I think it's pretty like uh, it's pretty crazy uh, how Jerry can go and win a Star City Games Open and then almost win the other one back to. I know you have one. Yeah won them back-to-back, but, like, yeah. I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, it seems like every now and then, when you feel like it, you're just going to go crush these tournaments, just, like, at will, which well, is, I, uh... I feel like it a lot of the time, and then sometimes things don't go my way, and then occasionally, like, things continue to go my way for the entire weekend, which is kind of weird, you know? It feels yeah. weird playing, like, 30 matches and only losing two of them or something, but... <laughs> I wouldn't know what that feels like, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it feels awesome. Yeah. Jer- Jerry, I want to ask, though, because every time you win or do really well at the- these weekends, people say, like, well, like the the field is really weak. Jerry's way ahead 
of the field. Do you feel that way that you're way ahead or just like people are exaggerating and you just ran, you know, really good in certain spots during that weekend? I mean, like, truthfully, I'm, I'm way ahead most of the times. Right. But, uh, for Nashville specifically, I think dredge is just like a really good deck and the people that I played against were not that prepared for it. Like they had their, you know, Tomorrow scripts and surgicals and stuff, but they, they were like using crypt at the wrong time, surgicaling at the wrong time. And like, for the most part, those matches were all cakewalks. And then the, the standard one I actually had to work for, but I did have like a really good sideboard against the ramp decks and I played against ramp five times and I lost to Cho in the mirror. But like, you know, through the Swiss, my opponents were good, but not insane or anything. And then in top eight, like all my opponents were pretty good, but I just like ran really, really good in that top eight. Okay. So like, this is a question I have actually for a higher level tournament. (laughs) How, what's the funny? What's with the laughing? It sounds so serious all of a sudden. I'm pretty serious. Jerry's back. It's only been fucking 90 episodes. (laughs) I'm just like we've been trying to track this guy down, and he just doesn't return phone calls or emails or Facebook messages. It's probably his girlfriend screening. He's like, no, I don't need to be hanging out with somebody else. Just focus on me. These guys are. But jokers. we got him. We snuck one through. So, Jerry, what I'm wondering is how much, <laughs> like, when you're playing a tournament, uh, like an Invitational or a GP or, uh, you know, even these Star City Game Weekend Opens, how much of like your tournament play are you just like? Are you in like a bad spot or are you somewhere where you optimally don't want to be, but your opponents don't punish you because they're shit or that you like can like, you know, claw your way back and like outthink them or like, is it just your deck choice? Like you next level, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. Like, like how are you good is what I'm trying to ask. Like, what is sure, the most sure. important thing for you to, you know, be able to go 11 and one or whatever, like you were saying? The most important thing, I think, is having, like, all the tools that you need. So for, like, the majority of these Delver decks, like, they've just been built really well, and then I'll play against a matchup like Green Red or Zombies or Ramp or Esper Control or whatever, and I'll have what I need to beat them. But part two of that is, like, knowing exactly what you need and, like, knowing how to sideboard and stuff. Like, uh, I played against Shaheen in the Invitational, and game three I chose to draw first. Hmm. Did you win that game? I did. I crushed him. Like the I crushed him. I, I crushed him because he had no cards and I still had like four spells left, you know? Like he was talking about mm-hmm. how the matchup is so bad when he's on the draw, but it, that's actually just not true at all because he has like a bunch of despises and tragic slips and like all this like really cheap answer type things. So it's actually more about attrition than he thinks it is. So I chose to draw. I was like very happy with my decision and then the way the game's played out, like he just got punished for it because all of his cards were one for ones. And then I have less lands than him. Eventually he gets flooded and he yeah. lost. But, yeah. uh, so you need, you need to be prepared. You need to know like how to sideboard and like what your plan is, what your role is, whether you're the beatdown or not. And that changes like turn to turn. And it's just like a lot of stuff that you have to know and you can't really figure out on the fly. You know, you just have to have that intuitive stuff, like telling you what to do, I think. And how do you Excellent. get that? Is it from practice or is it? It's just, I mean, I, I think if you, like, practice badly, then you're going to develop bad habits. But if you are playing Magic with the intent of figuring out, like, what went wrong where, and you actually pay attention to that, and, like, in every game you play, 
then that helps a lot because you start to like teach yourself where, you know, say it's like turn four and you play more conservatively when you should be playing more aggressively or vice versa. And after the game, you go back and you're like, yeah, you know, that was the critical turn. And I could have won if I started like pressuring him more that turn. Cause then like two damage would have became four damage would have became six. And then he would have been dead instead of mm. like, you know, me trying to race at the end and getting him down to eight or something. So, um, as far as like, being able to play out of bad spots like that happens all the time where they misevaluate where they are or uh, like I'm, I'm at some disadvantage, like some sort of resource disadvantage where I have like no lands or no spells or I'm flooded or whatever. And they just like, don't punish me for it. You know, they're still playing like overly cautious when it's like, they should be going straight for the throat because they have this opening, you know, like, uh, there was one match where that stands out in the Invitational, and that was against Brian Boss, and he was playing, like, the blue-white mid-range deck. And I probe him and see, like, Gideon, Day of Judgment, Sun Titan, Restoration Angel, and I basically have no board. Uh, I have, like, a leak and a Snapcaster in my hand, <laughs> but there's no way I'm going to be able to beat all of those cards. And he basically knows it. Like, he's laughing about his situation. So, But then I get to a point where, like, uh, he plays his Angel, and then I get to play, like, a Geist and a Delver, so then he has the Day of Judgment those, and he thinks it's fine because he has a Moreland Haunt still. Uh, and then I get to, like, leak his Gideon, uh, Gideon and then I, I have to, like, Snapcaster leak, like, another Gideon that he drew or something. So now I'm just, like, on MP, I have nothing, and he just, like, doesn't play Sun Titan. He just, like, waits for four or five more turns until he gets three lands and plays it. And by that time, like, he, he also made some, like, bad attacks where he's, like, trading two for two when I'm at 18 and he's at 12 or something. And he has the inevitability because he has the Sun Titan. So he's just, like, trading damage for no reason. I eventually get him down to six, draw, like, back-to-back -back Restoration Angel Sword of Warm Peace and kill him, even though he, you know, resolved his Sun Titan through my Mana Leak. It's, like... You know, there are still cards in my deck that can kill you, man. Like, you have to kill me. So. Wow. It's interesting because the coverage team was talking about, you know, your ability to walk your opponents through, you know, through the way that you're playing, through to your desired lines of play for them. You know? So they were like, yeah, I, I want you to play your, you know, your bird or your geist this turn so I can do this, and then I'm going to, you know play an angel afterwards or whatever and it's just it seems like you have this knack for walking them through and, and leading them along well i th i think a lot of that is just getting on their level figuring out what they think is important and what they're gonna do and a lot of this becomes a lot easier when you're like attacking probing them like every other turn obviously so uh that helps <laughs> but mostly you just have to figure out what they're going to do and then you know you you play around that so like if they're if they're going to play a Geist next turn, I don't want to play my Geist. I want to, like, hold mana either, you know, to represent Mana League so they don't play it or so that they play it, and then I get to image it and then play my Geist, and my Geist lives. You know, it's just stuff like that. I think it's super relevant, too, Jerry, that you said um, that if you practice and you develop bad, like, if you practice poorly, then you de develop bad habits, and that's actually, like, the opposite of what you want to do. Um, right. Just for our listeners out there that don't understand that, he means that when you're practicing with your, your testing team, uh, just don't fucking argue all fucking day and shut the fuck up. If you made a mistake and lost, <laughs> shut the fuck up. How about that, you fucks? Uh, I, yeah, I guarantee, I guarantee, <laughs> if Jerry makes mistakes, he's not arguing. 
a piece of shit. Yeah, but I think he also means that, like, who are you practicing with, you know what I mean? No, I know, I'm just saying, I'm yeah, saying, like, yeah, some I mean, people don't have that choice, right? Some people can't, you, yeah. I can't practice with the oh, with the Jerry T's and the Patrick Chapins and the Shaheens of the world, but what I'm saying is, like, if somebody says something to you, like, this card is the nut, or I could have won if I did this, but blah de blah but they're not focusing on I lost because I did this, or I lost yeah, because I missed that. And the funny thing is, is you hear a lot of people that were like, oh, man, I could have won if I did, like, this, this, and this. But Everybody. Ugh. Yeah, but that's that's just, like, hindsight and being results-oriented, where, like, if you go back to that spot in the game and there's, like, no way that you could realistically do that, like, you know, because it, it matters, like, what you draw in the next three turns or whatever. Yeah. And if you don't draw, like, specifically those three cards, then it's just, like, the worst play ever. You know, people are just like, oh, well, I should have done this. And then, like, the next time that situation comes up, they think about that situation, and they're like, well, the, the other game, like, I, I peeled Bonfire three turns for now, so I can afford to just, like, throw these creatures away or, or whatever. It's just like, no, man, that's not how it works. Like, you, yeah. you, you play each game at a time. You just have to figure out what you need to do with your cards in that given situation, you know? I don't know. It's tough to explain. Like, you give me some examples or something. Or it's just, I understand what you're saying. Like, then that's kind of where I wanted to get to, is just, like, when, when people watch, uh, people love watching you play, and you're, and obviously, like, you have a really, you're, you're a really good track record, especially with these really great decks, too. You're not playing, you know, some random pile, or generally, anyway, and you're not playing, you know, brews that are, you know, on paper are well-positioned against the best decks, or et cetera. You're just playing the best decks as the best player and then winning. And so I think a lot of players, it's, it's really difficult for them to not just either be... Um, so, like, so just, Jerry T did it this way, I have to do it that way, Jerry T does this, I have to do this, Jerry T said that, I have to do that. And then the other side is people are just looking at it and saying, like, I could have won had I done this, or I could have won had I done that. I think the the main issue is just, like you said, like, you have to know what you're doing. It's not so much that, like, what could have happened or what you could have done or what you should have done, and it's not so much what Jerry does and I have to do that or what Brad does and I have to do that. You You have to know what you're doing, especially with what your opponent's going to be doing. And right. um, and a lot of people just don't do that. They just don't follow that line of yeah. thinking. You know? I mean, you, you can't really say, like, oh, you know, Jerry does this, so I'm going to do that, because Magic's not the same game as it was. Like, I think maybe 10 or 12 years ago, when there was very obviously a best deck and you were just a moron if you didn't play it, you know, like, let's say Blue-Green Madness is the best deck or Mirari's Wake is the best deck or whatever, like... You, you were very favored if you figured out how to play those decks and go into the tournaments, but now there are so many more playable cards and so many different decks. Like, you can actually afford to just build a deck that suits you and suits your play style, and you just, like, you know, tune it to where you want to be against, like, the decks that you expect to face, and your chances of winning are a lot higher than just, like, copying whatever I'm doing, because we're going to play differently, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's some people who, like... They like you play like some people play. Like for instance, like sure, I, I can't play a Patrick Chapin deck because like every time I try to play one of those, me it too. just doesn't it doesn't work for me at all. Like, but yeah. he's awesome at it, you know. But every time I play one of your decks, I love it. Like it feels good, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, <I love> feel <laughs> good, and and it makes sense to me. Like you know, Chapin sends me these decks, and, I, and the 
there's a million things that I would change right off the bat where it's just like, you know, you have too many six drops, you're ignoring this matchup, you're focusing too much on this matchup. You know, I would change just like 10 cards in his deck, even from seeing the deck list, and that would work better for me than if I just played his deck that has like, you know, five win conditions. Like, I never did well <laughs> with a bunch of Grave Titans and Karns and stuff, you know, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, me neither, yeah. I just die, so... <laughs> I don't know. He he gets away with it, and he wins all the time. So like, good for him. But that's that's not what I can do, you know. Yeah. So um, recently, I mean, we we had a lot of uh, a lot of nice things to say about you know Jerry TV on the show. You know, when it first came out, and uh, you know we were we were really pleased to see it. We thought it was a really great uh, great medium. We all got a, a bunch of laughs about it. Um, learned a little bit, you know, along the way. It was, it was pretty sweet. Cool. Um, all of a sudden, it's like one day it changed. It's when, like when Brad showed up, or something else. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that, that, that. It's like all of a sudden the usurper came, and, the usurper. and the, the usurper, and he tried to steal all of the Jerry's spotlight. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, it's kind of like that. No, no, it's that. it's very much like that. It's very much like Brad was your Jerry big brother fucking... that came home from college and all of a sudden was like, "Oh, look, look, I'm cool. I can hang out too." Jerry and has it was a fucking rope barn. Yeah, yeah, and it was rough. It was like, "Look, I was playing the year. I was cool, and then I did nothing for a year." Um, but now I'm back. Look, and it's just it was really awkward at first. I mean, it's nice to see that you guys have this really good, you know, back and forth candor. Like it's like you guys have settled in. But what happened? Well, we knew that Brad was moving, and we wanted to find some stuff for him to do in-house, you know, give him some income and everything. We knew that we wanted to do the playtesting series, but he also wanted to do something else. And, the, like, the TV show would just – it was kind of getting mixed reviews. Like, it's really difficult to read off a teleprompter and not sound like it's scripted, you know? <laughs> uh, so, like, I think that got better over time or whatever, but I think – just a lot of people reacted more positively to a two-man show where I have someone to bounce off of and when it's not scripted. So uh, we just eventually stuck to it. Okay. So uh, I, do like, I do like your interactions with him. Uh, it seems like you're doing a lot more teaching with him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of <laughs> like... And I'm not trying to talk shit about Brad, but... No, <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I mean, you like... Know, it, Brad is really good, but maybe some of his theory is not sound, or, like, he doesn't know as much about a format or a certain deck or whatever, so, like, a lot of the stuff that I say is, you know, probably new information to him or whatever, but I spend, like, what, 12 hours a day, maybe, like, looking at deck lists and, like, having my notebook open and stuff, so... Yeah, because, like, during, during the uh, Solar Flare, I think it was, he was playing Solar Flare and you were playing Delver or whatever... I just there's a bunch of moments where he's like, he does something and you're like, why would you do that? And yeah. then he's like, he's like, well, because uh, this that, and you're like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter if I do that, like blah blah. And then just be like, well, I just really felt like you know, like like I needed to do that right there. And you're like, yeah, but you see, you didn't have to do that. Like, what am I gonna do? You know? Are, and, are you uh, talking about when he was playing five color? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what he was playing. Five color. It was like it was Rihanna. It had Unbarrow rights, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. Faithless Looting, Tibold, all that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tibold, yeah, it was the Tibold deck, that's right. <laughs> so the one thing that I remember from that specifically was uh where he looting instantly discarded an ancient grudge 
and then thought about what else he would discard, and then he, like, tapped pretty low on his turn. So I could have went for, like, naked, oh, yeah, snap yeah. Cast, naked Snapcaster, Sword Equip, and then leak his, his flashback grudge, but he had three mana opens, and, uh, like, one of it was green, one of it was red. And I'm like, there's no way that he lootings immediately discards a grudge if he doesn't have a second one, you know? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because, like, that is not what I would do in that spot. Because, like, the only thing he can lose to is sword. So if he just has the one grudge, I'd probably keep it so that I would have to have two counter spells. You know, that just makes sense to me. And I, I go on to lose this game, and I see all of his cards, and there's only one ancient grudge, and I'm just like, huh. I remember that. Yeah, because you were, you were talking about that. Because that's right, because he next leveled you by not... By under-leveling you. By, un, by was, not... By last leveling it you. It was accidental, but yeah, I got yeah, leveled. Yeah. Yeah, you got leveled. Yeah, that was the point, though. Yeah, I don't think he did it purposely, but he, by his bad play, he next leveled you because you, you had too much respect for him, and you're like, right. there's he's got to have the ancient grudge, and that's what it was. You didn't want to slam the sword because you had a sword. You didn't want to slam it and get blown out by ancient grudge, and then uh, he just he just never ha- you had enough to leak it, right? Yeah, well, I had I would have seven lands. I think I might have had a. Uh, uh, dissipate or uh like he was on five lands or something i, I was mm-hmm. one to like not tap out so that i could counter a sun titan right yeah. so i didn't want to just jam on this sword thing and get wrecked if he had a second grudge because then he doesn't take any damage really and then i'm tapped out and then i just die on the spot so i'm like all right you know maybe we can set up a spot where i can actually connect with this sword because you know very obviously he has another ancient grudge but as some people pointed out later, like, if he had two, maybe he just discards both of them. So I might have just been in the wrong the entire time, but I don't even think that's the case, because... Track, he, he, track record says that you were probably right. <laughs> well, I think that his play was bad, but I think that I probably could have figured out that he only had one. So I don't know, it was mm-hmm. just, like, a, a complicated mm-hmm. situation. So, so what, what year are you going to be the best guy to know? What happened to Brad? <laughs> From last year, um, or, oh, he last got year? really. Uh, it was 2011 was his bad year. Yeah, yeah. like what happened? Like he because he was like player of the year. He was on this great streak. He was yeah. everywhere. You couldn't not hear about him. Everybody's rooting for him. And then He's crushing tournaments like you know cheeseburgers. Right. And then what so, happened? Okay, so it's 2010, and he's it's like his second year on the pro tour or whatever, and. He's developed some contacts. He's figuring out how to build decks and, like, what types of decks he should be bringing to these tournaments and, like, what, you know, different ways to to build your decks that you can succeed. Because, like, if if you show up to a Grand Prix or something and you're like, well, Delver's the best deck, I just want to play a deck that beats Delver. Yeah, then, you're out. You know, so now he's like, oh, maybe I should be the guy playing Delver, like that type of thing. So he's like, his deck selection's getting a lot better. And he's playing in all these tournaments and just crushing them. Like, he has no expectations of how he's going to do or anything. He's just like, oh, I'm going to go to this tournament and play Magic. And then, like, he, he, top, eights, <laughs> like, five, he top eights, like, five or six tournaments in a row, amasses, like, all these pro points. Suddenly, he's, like, in the running for player of the year. And he's just, like, like now he kind of, like, looks back and is like, oh, what the hell just happened, you know? Because, like, a year ago, I was just some dude uh, dirtling on Magic Online. And 
Uh, so he was like, oh, you know, maybe this game is just super easy and I'm super awesome. And then he <laughs> got lazy, got full of himself, thought that all the tournaments were going to come to him that easily. And like 2011 was just a disaster because like 2010, I'm sure he was like running really good. And then 2011, like he probably wasn't, but uh, his attitude started to change and he was just like getting down on himself and then every bad result would, you know, translate into more bad results. Like he would start doubting himself and stuff. So now uh, all the jokes are basically out of the way, right? Cause it's like, you know, he was player of the year and then 2011 happened and he like didn't win anything and people just like made fun of him relentlessly. And now they're just onto something else. So now I think he's more back to normal. Like, he's more level-headed than he was in either of the years. And, I, like, he, he probably won't do as good as he did in 2010. Because, like, it's so weird. You see, like, these blissfully ignorant kids that are, like, really, really magic. <laughs> and they're not thinking about uh, just, like, any of the stuff that's going on in their lives or how the results would affect them or, like, what the record is in the tournament. They're just like, oh, I'm super awesome and I'm going to crush my opponent. And, you know, they do. <laughs> and that's that's kind of how Brad was. And then eventually you get, like, this dose of reality. Like, 2011 was Brad's reality. And he's just like, oh, you know, I can't really be that person anymore. And now that he's, like, more self-aware, he can't ever go back to that person. And I was like that for a for a period too, where I'm just like, Oh, I'm so sweet. I top eight like two grand prix. I'm just like the best. And then I would just like top eight all these tournaments. And then eventually I was just like, no, I actually suck. And I, I kind of just like figured out who I was and like how terrible my attitude was and stuff. And it just like made me not win as much, you know, cause I'm like less confident or whatever. But so I, th- I think he's not like the peak of where he can be, but He's also learning a bunch of stuff, and we're playing a bunch of Magic every week and everything. We have a solid team, so, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, like, you know, top eighting another Grand Prix like he did in Minneapolis or even, like, top eighting a Pro Tour. He came pretty close in Barcelona or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So. so is he the type, like, different people learn and practice different, right? So, I mean, I know that, you know, traditionally you have been a very – uh, cerebral learner as it pertains to this game, right? Like, I mean, the last yeah. time you were on the show, you just kind of like, yeah, I just, I don't really play test that much. I just kind of like look at deck lists and I know if it's good or not, you know, because I can judge a line of plays and, you know, how they play out and so Which, on and so forth. Just FYI, has is just, a godlike just, skill. It's is a godlike skill. Just ruined, just ruined magic uh, conversations for everybody else. <laughs> because now when I say to someone, this looks like shit. They go, no, I sit around all day and look at deck lists, and I can just tell if they're good or not, and this is good, and you're bad because you think it's bad. But there's there's been a lot of people that have said that, you know, Brad had his unbelievable year in 2010 because he played a shit ton of Moto. Like, he was grinding Moto incessantly because what the fuck else do you do in Fargo, North Dakota? Right on. Um, that's... Now, that's basically true. He is one of those people that needs to be well-practiced uh, in order to have an idea of what's going on. Because if you, we just fast-forwarded, like, six months and, you know, like, Return to Ravnica and M13 were here and we're just like, all right, Brad, these are the top three decks. Like, you just have to build a deck. Like, he, he would just be like, no, I can't do it. I'm lost. You know, yeah. he, he would need to know the ins and the outs of the format and how all the decks play out. And he has to, like, see it with his own eyes. But... I've, I've played, like, so much Magic. I've basically seen everything, you know, so. 
Yeah. And it's just, it's interesting because obviously, you know, like you said, 20, 2011 was very much just like he got lazy, as you said, and, you know, obviously didn't play test as he should have, and it showed in the results. So yeah, I yeah, mean, that was, that was another part of it too, where he was like, well, I'm playing all this magic, but why, you know, I just keep winning anyway. I'm already <laughs> so good. Yeah. I'll just go hang out with my friends and get trashed or whatever. And then go to this pro tour and then he's like, Oh, I went two and five or something. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, so G GVB, Right, your play test sessions, yeah, um, have been awesome. Like they literally you have just it call awesome. Them GVB, G, that's what they call. That, them, that's yeah. what they're called. Yeah. Oh come on. I know. <laughs> GVB, come on, man. Yeah. Jerry better than that. Yeah, I I see it's cl it's clever. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's just take them all and make them letters like an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's it's been really good for us to watch because you guys do take the time, you know. Hey, I, I don't really agree with that play. Here's why, you know, so on and so forth, and and it's it's really positive for us to watch healthy play testing, you know, as a community. So it's really nice to see that. Additionally, we get to watch how some of these you guys are, you know, I really like it when you guys are mixing the decks up, you know, yeah. because you get to see you got to get to you kind of get to get uh, an idea of how the format plays out. And how some decks fare against specific matches, and you know, like obviously, you guys went through a period of time where you're just smashing a bunch of decks against Delver to see, you know, to showcase what's good, what's not, why, what's important, what isn't, and it's it's been really good. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of get your thoughts, like what's next, or do you have a way to take this sort of further, and why the hell have you guys stopped doing the prop bets, with the exception of like the Chohawk, because that was cool. That was funny we, as hell. We haven't. Actually. We're still you doing them. No. Okay, so uh, we're two and two, maybe? I th I was I was down two to one. Yeah, we're two and two now, because I just won the last one. And, I mean, we're still doing it. It's just like a best of five thing, and I hope that I don't lose, because I haven't lost yet. So, aside from the dress <laughs> thing. <laughs> All right, that so I have, a, I have an important question. Have you ever regretted a draft pick? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to know about is this new girlfriend. That's what I want to know about. I, I don't want to hear about this Let's get the DVD. Dirt. Let's get the dirt. And how does she get to be so good at magic that she tucks your ass in on camera live with everyone else? All right, first of all, it's not a new girlfriend. We just had our one-year anniversary a little bit ago. Oh, that's new in my world, son. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I forgot. <laughs> I send flowers and a card, except they yeah. never, ever return my messages. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. She like She's the copy editor for Star City, so whether she likes it or not, she's surrounded by magic yeah. content all the time. Is, so you know, some of that stuff seeps through, and I'm, I moto a decent amount and everything. We talk about magic occasionally. And... Uh, so how did you yeah. meet her? You've been yeah. there for a year, you said? Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's it's kind of a long story. Basically, her ex-boyfriend played Magic, and I met her through him, and, and they broke up, and I swooped in. Do nice. we know, you know who he is? Well, she mentions him in her article. Was it Lance Bass? It was not Lance Bass. That, that's actually <laughs> me. Was it Chris Lansdale? I don't know. Was it Chris Macaroni? <laughs> All right, we're going to have to read the article. Did you hear that, guys? Where's the articles on StarCityGames.com, right? 
It's on yes. the select side where she talks about her obsessive love for uh, hypergenesis and uh, and life with Jerry. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Kaylin Lindbergh is her name. Yeah, right. so if you guys want to find out who the who the ex boyfriend was, probably someone we know. You should check out this article for sure. Oh man, I'm like jacked about this. I just want to. Oh man, it. aren't you? Yeah. So okay, so you guys have so you guys you swooped in. This is awesome, though. I like that Jerry swooped in. You know, it's he's, like he's Jerry's not, a real person. It's like he's yeah. a real person. It's, he's not he's only not, cunning in magic; he's, he's also cunning robot. on the dating field. You know, yeah, he's not like some robot sent back in time to just teach us how to properly play magic. And <laughs> so, he's also here to steal our girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's been it's been a year. So, uh, do you do you think that uh, she's the one? Do you think she's the girl for you? Whoa! Yeah, I mean. It, it is well, only people try things yeah. out, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like things, things are going very, very well. Good. Also, Medina just getting in there. Yeah. Hey, man, I've been listening to a lot of Howard Stern interviews, <laughs> so uh, you know, <laughs> I'm practicing. I'm practicing the Stern. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, did you teach her how to play magic, or did she already know? No, she knew already. And did she enjoy it, or is it she kind of does just because you? Or like magic monster. Well, she she likes going to the tournaments and hanging out and meeting people and everything. And occasionally she just like gets the itch where she wants to do something kind of like competitive and creative or whatever. So she's like, you know, hey, kind of feeling like playing magic. Like, what kind of decks can I play? And you know, I can't just be like, you know, here's this Delver deck. Good luck, because <laughs> you know she would have to be like well practiced or whatever. So I've been trying to build her some like rather simple decks like she likes burn decks you know it's not even like uh i'm just like giving it to her because it's simple she just likes it that it's simple basically so uh-huh. um i built hypergenesis a while ago because it was on my bucket list and i played it in one of the tournaments and then i told her about it and she's like yeah that sounds awesome i want to play it <laughs> she, she she came in the bedroom she's like i can hear you talking about me <laughs> so I took this deck and then uh, she she played it once in uh, a four round legacy thing like the the legacy challenge they have the, on the standard open day of yeah. the opens and she did okay in that and then we were going to Columbus and she wanted to play in both of them and I was like okay uh, I guess I'll just take my notebook outside smoke a cigarette and I came back in in five minutes and I had that hypergenesis deck that was ended up being really good, and then I'm on a red deck that ended up being not so good. But the the hypergenesis deck is pretty sweet, and she had a lot of fun, especially since she got to kick my ass. So on camera, now tell us the truth. Did you let her win, dude? Just just no. between us. I seriously didn't. There's okay. no way. Would you? Would you ever? I don't think so. Like I can't. <laughs> what if she was like Jerry? Don't you beat me? Not on camera. What, what if she gave you the look like if, that? If like she means, keeps you know? magic, we keep playing against each other. I'm not going to keep throwing matches to her. You know, she's going to have to learn that she's going to get her ass beat one way or another, right? Than <laughs> <laughs> on the first time. You know what? In all fairness, though, if she really is the one, then she won't want you to throw the matches either. Oh, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I, I taught my wife how to play magic. And uh, it lasted five minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I taught her how to play, and then once she got the hang of the game, just, like, figured out how to tap mana and stuff, I was just like, all right. And I just ran her over, like, twice, two games. <laughs> and then she was like, all right, yeah, I don't want to play this game. What a anymore. nice guy. What it's, a fu- it's funny you should talk about wives. I, I put duels on my wife's iPad. 
uh, Duels 2013. I, I put it on there. Oh, man. And, uh, and so, so I said to her, I said, oh, well, she looked at me. She's like, you put this on so I would learn magic? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> wow. It's a game. I, uh, no, no. I, she said, magic is your thing. I don't need to be a part of it. I said, well, that's fine. I said, but, you know, if you ever wanted to, this is a really good way to just learn if you were ever curious. Besides, <laughs> I wanted to see what the app was like. And I haven't touched it, right? But I said it to never played a game of magic in your entire life. <laughs> so I'm curious to check on it, see one day. So duels. Has anybody played the duels of the Planeswalker for uh, iPad? Nope. Nope. Man, KYT, you're dropping the ball on this. You have an iPad, right? Yeah, yeah. I even oh, got, you... like, the the press guy to send me, like, like a free version, too. He's not going to send that... you He's not gonna send you a free version for the iPad. Oh, not the iPad. But, like, for I Steam. Touch... Yeah, yeah, for Steam. I yeah, haven't touched Steam. it. Oh, man, it's such a blowout. So I, I downloaded this thing. Uh, first of all, it takes forever. It's, like, 500 megabytes or something. It's 900. It's almost not, a game. Yeah. It's crazy. So I download this thing and I start playing on it, right? And first of all, like you, you quickly find out that the deck you're playing against doesn't have four ofs. Okay, so like there's some decks that it's just like mono Suntailhawk dot deck, you know, and they just play like Suntailhawks over and over again. And you have to beat them. It's <laughs> kind of like a it's like a puzzle game, you know. So, so I'm like just obviously trashing all these suntail hot dog nets or whatever, right? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm the best magic player alive. <laughs> so so I get to Liliana, okay? And b- by this, I've been upgrading my mono red deck on here. It's like the mono red whatever deck. So uh, I get to Liliana, and you can't, you can't fucking beat Liliana with mono red. You just can't do it. If any of the commenters out there has done it, I want to hear about this, because basically when you get her down to eight life, she always auto has like the corrupt or the freaking uh, tendrils of tendrils of corruption. And it's just like, she always has it. And then, so I got pissed off. I'm like, all right, I'm just tilting. I need to just walk away for a minute. So I walked away for a couple hours. I came back and I'm like, I'm going to try the green deck. Right. So all of a sudden I'd never seen a corrupt. I never seen a tendrils, but I seen a hundred murders right she had a murder every fucking time because she has those stupid little like neg one creatures like she has a lot of those so like i'm just like all right uh play out something bigger than the neg one play out something bigger and i'm like oh man i got her now like how's she gonna kill these two things and then she's like murder murder and i'm just like kidding me man kidding me it's totally rigged the freaking liliana is a bitch man yeah yeah it's just uh I finally beat her, just so everyone knows. Sweet. I got that. All right. Good but anyways, sweet game. Shout out to Duels of Planeswalker uh, 2013. If you if you don't have it, it's free for the iPad. And then uh, I think you have to... Ten bucks. You can, you can play it, but then you have to unlock it, right? There's there's four or five levels that you can get through or whatever, and then after yeah. that, you've got to pay. Yeah, you got to pay the ten bucks. Yeah, but like totally worth it. Like I played, I played Duels 2012. On uh, on Xbox, and I thought it was awesome. Like they did such a good job with it, um, the, the second release of it or whatever, whenever the hell that came out. And uh, and I can only imagine like seeing all the pictures and everything with the interface. Like how has it been with the iPad? Like a lot of people are saying that they should just fucking bite the bullet, quit with this Moto Beta bullshit, and actually just run it as duels on the iPad. Uh, I think that's possible, but it's really I still haven't got. Maybe I'm just like not smart or whatever. But I still haven't got used maybe. to like. Yeah, it, I mean, it's highly possible, right? Walked into that. 
Yeah. I still haven't gotten used to, like, how to respond. Because, like, I swing with my dude, and, like, I'm right, like, about to kill this stupid computer. And then, like, I want to pump it, like, after he names walkers, right? But I don't see a time to do that, and it's just like, oh, dealing damage. I'm like, no, I want to pump it. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, I'm hitting it with my finger, and it's not uh, pumping. So I still have to get used to the controls because it's kind of awkward. Or, like, I want to incinerate their dude at the end of my turn. Or not incinerate, excuse me, like, uh, you know, flesh tier or whatever the incinerate is called. <laughs> um, so I want to do it at the end of my turn, but I try to do it, and then, like, it always does in the beginning of my turn. Mm. I mean, end of their turn. It always does at the beginning of my turn, so I waste my mana. I'm like, yeah, incinerate your dude in my upkeep. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, Thanks. trolls take a little bit getting used to, you know? <laughs> John, do you think this is of card games on the iPad, or you're going to play this more than Ascension uh, from here oh, on this out? this game? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll probably, like, beat it and then get bored of it. Like, I was playing Ascension for, like, I don't know, a month and a half, and, like, just, like, addicted to it. But then after a while, I'm just kind of like, I'm way too busy for this shit, so... <laughs> 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 so that's probably what's gonna happen to this but i am i am having a good time for the like hour that i've played it so far it's uh, it's been pretty fun so uh in addition to duels being announced we had some other big news um in that uh watsi decided that standard is fine and there will be no bandings and that we can all just suck it up buttercup and uh carry on playing the magic that we've been accustomed to playing um, the one thing that, uh, that did happen though, is they did unban land tax in mm-hmm. legacy, uh, much to, uh, the pleasure of people like, you know, store owners who bought them at $4 and are now selling them at 40. Yeah, that was great. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, I loved it. Cause this is the one time that I actually had the freaking card in stock that they unbanned, you know? Typically, it's like, oh, Time Spiral. Like, ah, oh, shit, nobody ever plays that. Like, I don't have any of those. I have to go, like, dig through the local store. But Land Tax is like an EDH card, so I had a ton of those. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? I'm like, let's level up the stock. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, auto, like, I seen they unbanned it. I didn't even check pricing. I just, like, went to my site and auto took them up to, like, 20 bucks for the fourth edition. I'm like, yeah, it should be good at 20. Like, it should keep them in stock. People started buying them, like, at 20, like, quickly. And I'm like, holy shit. So I bump them up to 30. <laughs> and people are still buying them. I'm like, oh, man, I'm taking it to 35. So I went all the way up to 35 and sold out of every single one I had. Oh, it's unreal. Yeah. It was and awesome. Then, and then to piss everyone else off even further, or make people happy, it depends on what side of Tom Martell you're on. Um, Redo what, <laughs> yeah, was and what's that? Yeah, whether you're on Reed Duke's side or or Brian Kibler's side, um, they went ahead and then said that for GP Atlanta, which is Legacy, that they are going to uh, put this unbanning into effect, so that land tax will be 100% legal uh, for GP Atlanta. Thereby, I think that's cha- awesome. Potentially changing the metagame that everyone had already, you know, invested money into decks in and expectations and so on and so forth. So. Personally, I don't really care what side of the argument you're on, and that's not what I'm up to debate. But, Jerry, being a legacy expert, as you are. A lexpert. A lexpert. <laughs> a veritable legacy lexicon. How do you feel this unbanning is going to affect the format, if at all? Uh, basically not at all. Like, 
I, I think it's just really good. There's no reason to have this unbanning. You know, it might be different if they want to ban stuff and then, like, you wait until after because people have been, like, working on their deck the entire time. But you can unban a really fringe card and nothing really changes because people aren't really going to be working on land tax decks. They don't know how good they're going to be. You know, no one's going to have a good list. So it's not like if you wanted to test against land tax decks, you couldn't because you didn't have enough time. You know, you wouldn't know what type of list to test against. So it doesn't even matter. Like, how many people do you think are going to be playing land tax in the tournament? At least five. Only the winners. Yeah, sure. At least at least five. I probably agree with that, I guess. But there's just nothing. You know, Reed was saying, like, oh, I feel so unprepared or whatever. It's like, dude, nothing changed. You're still going to play Reanimator. And if anything, this adds more good matchups to, like, you know, the, the field than you would have had before. So I don't see what your complaint is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Reed, suck it up, Buttercup. Dude, I, I think the card is good. I think maybe you can do some stuff with it, but now is not the time. You know, like, they got to get rid of Gristlebrand or Show and Tell before any of these control decks start doing anything in the format, because you can't build a deck with all answers right now. So, uh, once that becomes the case, maybe they'll have to reban it if that's, like, the, the new counterbalance deck or whatever, where in addition to top making you get a time every round, you have Lantex, too. <laughs> yeah, that so- seems like it could be. So this is the the only decks you can see Lantex in is like control style decks. No, I mean there there could be like a white weenie firestorm something like that, or it could be a seismic assault deck. But for the most part, yeah, I see like tax rack, uh, terminus. Uh, oddly enough, like temporal mastery is not that good in the strategy because you don't want to play an extra land or whatever. But. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, yeah, so I guess uh, I guess people are talking about that like mono white. I, I don't know because it's, it's it's called Mighty Quinn, right? Is that what's called? Yeah, yeah, and and like with Mox Diamonds and uh, you know other shenanigans. Uh. The Mox Diamond has seen a spike like that. That has seen a bit of a rise in price as well, incidentally. Um, well, people are saying that, but I mean, Star City Games li- lifted theirs like five bucks or something, and I don't really consider that a spike. You know, well, not yet at least. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're they're doing it in preparation, like anyone else. You know what I mean? Like, the the real spike is the eBay data to see where we're at on this. You know? Yeah. Nice. So, are you going to be reanimating again? Are you going to Atlanta? Um, I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to reanimate again. I'm not sure what version I want to play. Like, there were a lot of problems with the list that I did play, and some of those were pilot errors. So, hopefully, those are out of the way. But uh, I went three and four in matches played in Legacy with, like, the most powerful deck in the format by far, so something went wrong, you know. So you think Reanimator is the most powerful deck in the format? Well, I think Gristlebrand is the most powerful thing you can be doing, and this one does it the fastest, so... Okay. And so would, you, so would you still Science. run, like, four Gristlebrand? Yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't I? I can't play um, five, right? You <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you can. <laughs> it's all about getting caught, bro. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, there there were problems where, uh, I you know, you, you put Gristle Brandon in play, and I had no problem doing that over the course of the entire tournament, so you would yeah. think that uh, me drawing seven cards would, like, mean I could probably win or whatever, but it just didn't go away, and that just means that my deck is built terribly. So I'm, I'm going to try and fix that. But basically, I would situation, uh, pay seven life and not be able to reanimate something again, either because I was at too low of life because of the card reanimate and, like, Thoughtseize and Fetchlands, 
or because I just didn't find it in Doom and couldn't get, like, the Blazing Archon I needed. Um, so uh, there was that problem, and then maybe if I had some removal spells, I could have dealt with, you know, their three merfolk that they had in play or something, like even just, like, two of them, or just killing their Lord of Atlantis, that would have been enough. But I didn't have any way to interact, so that made the first problem a lot worse, because, like, I needed Blazing Archon to, to stabilize and win. Mm-hmm. And then... Like, you you can't really protect Bristlebrand against a deck with, like, Swords and Snapcaster or Caracas and Jace and all that stuff. But if I had some extra protection, maybe that would have helped. So I want to try, like, all these different things out. Up to and including playing Not of This World. Not of This World. Okay, look really? it up. What does it do? <laughs> That's, what does okay, that I have been blown out by that card in Commander, and I wanted to fucking cry when it happened. Um, okay. Uh, seven mana, seven Eldrazi. mana, colorless instant, <laughs> tribal. Yeah, tribal instant Eldrazi. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this one. Keep going. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Jerry, because you probably have it in front of you or whatever. There, so. uh, I I found some Japanese copies of my stuff, so that makes me excited. But uh, <laughs> Japanese. I can't read it. No, so that's why it being in front of me wouldn't really help me. But yeah. it counters a spell or ability that targets, uh, I think, just a creature you control, and then if you have a creature with seven power or more, it costs seven less. So basically, you put Crystal oh. Brand into play, they try and swords it, and you're just like, no. Or they try to like play Jace, bounce it, you're like, no. They try and Caracas it, you're like, no. <laughs> and then you play Wasteland and kill their Caracas. Uh. That's awesome. That's insane. No, so, this room. Medina, I don't know if you want to buy some foil Japanese ones. Of these, <laughs> I might still have some back from my polymorph days. Oh, okay. <laughs> I used to try to protect my Amber Girl from Jace with those things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, That's uh, crazy, man. That's a crazy that ability. Awesome. So do you think, like, Reanimator has typically a bad matchup against Merfolk, right? It it depends. Like, I lost to it when I played against it, but he had Aether Vial in play one of the games and drew two of his four Phantasmal Images, and uh-huh. then the other game I just threw it away. So, I don't know. Like, I th- I think it is pretty bad. Like, you know, it's it's 40-60 at worst, though. It's still pretty close. Like, you can put okay. a big guy into play, no problem, because they don't have that much pressure. Yeah. And a lot of their deck is taken up by just, like, these crappy creatures that don't do anything. Then they have like their graveyard hate, and then some of their counter spells, and then their sowers and images and stuff like that that actually you know do things against you. So I don't know. My my problem stemmed from the fact that I had Grisselbrand in play. They would get more than seven power, and then I wouldn't be able to race, and I couldn't put an Archon into play because I just drew a bunch of bricks. So that's what I was finding is that they don't care about your big dude. That they just keep cracking you with like their little army, and then it's just like. You can't race them. I found that that's a problem. It's like racing them. But I guess with Gristlebrand now, like this, I played this before Gristlebrand. The life I used link to play. is huge. Yeah, the life link might be uh, another element there, you know? But the thing yeah. is, is you have islands, so they're just like, you know? See, that was the thing in game, in game two. <laughs> so they're just in like, Okay, so in game two, I careful study, discard a land and an Elishnorn. Next turn, I have Thoughtseize reanimate, so I Thoughtseize him. Um, I probably have a daze or something, you know, so I don't mind if he actually has a daze. And in response, he fairy macabs my my Elishnorn. So I'm like, well, that's kind of annoying. So his hand is a bunch of gas, but it's like all creatures that don't really do anything, and then a Sower of Temptation, so I take a Sower. And then I end up putting Gristlebrand into play when he has a Mutavolt and a Silvergill Adept. And I'm at 18 life. 
So, like, draw seven, and he, like, plays some more inconsequential creatures. I attack him, draw seven more, and I just, like, end up losing to a Lord of Atlantis because I animate dead his sower to take his lord, knowing that, like, he still knows that it has Island Walk, but I just, like, can't kill the lord in my deck, and I couldn't find an Entomb to get my Blazing Archon. So I'm just, like, mm-hmm. kind of screwed no matter what. And I could have... I had a mana open after I played the Animate Dead, and I had two dazes with two islands in play. So I knew that I couldn't, like, daze and pay, and then daze and pay. But I could have just, like, dazed my thing and then dazed my daze, which just, like, didn't cross my mind. Yeah. To get your islands back in your hand so he can island walk you. Yeah, so then I have two blockers for his three creatures, like, seven or something. So I just, like, threw that game away. Like, he would have been dead on the next turn. And also that game, I... Entombed for Gristlebrand instead of just getting Blazing Archon, because I felt like me drawing a bunch of cards was probably more likely to translate into me winning than me getting Blazing Archon and hoping he just, like, doesn't draw another Sower or Phantasmal Image or whatever. Uh And I think I was just playing, like, a little too scared at the top of his deck, and I was too confident in, you know, the stuff that was going to come off the top of mine. So I don't know if that was right or wrong or... Uh, it just seems like I drew 14 cards. Like, how the hell did I lose? You know, like, I have to be a complete idiot. <laughs> you know who did that? Al- Alex Pertoncini did that against me. He drew 14 cards and then lost. Well, how many was he <laughs> supposed to draw? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Let's put it this way. He was supposed to draw 14. I don't know how many he really did draw. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. But, I mean, if you're drawing extra cards off a 14-card draw... Yeah, I had a Consecrated Sphinx. And then uh, I also had a... What's it called? Uh, Jinka taxes. Okay. And How then so. Was in play? I, uh, huh? What format was this? This was in standard, bro. I was playing Solar Flare. <laughs> oh, you had just a random gin in your deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had one for the control matchup. He was playing like a Solar Flare too, so I, I brought it in, and then I I reanimated it, or I flashed it in, and then uh, yeah, drew seven, and then. He drew 14. He had the Sphinx. He had the Sphinx. Because then he gets to draw, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the Sphinx, yeah. And he, so he draws 14 and then uh, didn't get there. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I was feeling great. So, uh, so yeah. Gristlebrand, uh, JR is a little bit in love with this card. And uh, we're, going to a, uh, we're going to a local legacy tournament this Saturday. And so he's playing, he's playing Reanimator because uh, he shotgunned it. Because uh, I was like, I'm not sure what deck I'm gonna play. He's like shotgun reanimator. I'm like, shit. <laughs> is is he going to the Grand Prix? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. Uh, maybe I should get in touch with him and give him my my newest list and have him try it out for me. Because yeah. I probably won't get a chance to play too much, sadly. So I, I want to get there in time to play some trials. I also have an idea for a, a reanimator deck, kind of based on the modern list I posted with, like, Gorio's Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Where... So is is that good? Is it good? Like, your modern reanimator list. I mean, it's no, pretty it's, good. It's GRT. Like, he, he, he just Lansdelled it. <laughs> I, I haven't played a lot of, like, highly competitive tournaments with it, but I'm, like, 65% or something in two mans. Yeah? All right, it's 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 good. It's a little consistent, but you know, I think uh, Wild Guess in M13 helps that a little bit too. So I don't know. I I also haven't uh, like talked to too many people about the deck. No one has really given me insight as to things that they would do differently. Like the initial list that I built hasn't changed very much. 
Uh, you put it anyway. On, did you put it on your blog? No, I put it in one of my articles. Okay, I'll have to look for it then. Yeah, because we have a we have a what's it called? Call a modern GP coming up, right? In in, in Columbus, there's, yeah. There's one in Yokohama this weekend, actually. Oh, nice. I mean, we like as me, KYT, and Alex Hain, like we're going down there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, Shallow Grave is like another Gorio's Vengeance. So I was trying to build this deck in Legacy, and I wasn't sure if Gristlebrand having haste or Gristlebrand staying in play would be better. Hmm. But I don't know. With with this deck, you get like Dark Ritual, Lotus Petal. You can like play Gristlebrand, draw fourteen, and then probably like Petal Ritual, Entomb, uh, Emrakul, and then like Shallow Grave that, and, like just kill them all in the same turn. So maybe that's good enough. Maybe that's better than normal Reanimator. I don't know. These are all things that I would like to try, but don't have a lot of time to. So <laughs> yeah, just make make Jr. your guinea pig, man. Tell him to try. He'll do whatever you say. So just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I hope he doesn't beat me with this list. I don't even know what I'm playing. Like, uh, I have no idea. I'm probably gonna just play. I wanted to play that Tezzeret deck, but I don't have any. Uh, I only have two Baneful Stricks. So, sad day for me. Uh, that's that's pro- uncommon. I mean, I guess the rarity doesn't matter that much, right? But yeah, because it comes with all those stupid plane chase things, and I haven't had a chance to buy a lot uh, of those cards. Like, I buy a lot of cards, but I just people don't sell those cards. They buy them to to have them, you know? Yeah. So so yeah, I'll probably end up playing like uh something something crazy. I don't know. I might try to like this that uh blue white tempo deck that I used to run back in the day. It was like uh it was terrible, but it was really fun to play. <laughs> it had that guy who searches up a land. Uh, he's like a one drop. Yeah, weather yeah. wayfair. It has fathom seer. Probably yeah, gonna run yeah, all yeah. that shit. Yeah, I'm trying to try that out. <laughs> Seems play, good. Play some gilded drakes. Seems like it would be good in that deck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a good. That's a good tip. Jeremy, I'll be seeing you in Atlanta. Uh, I haven't played Legacy in a while, and last night was like my first set of games I played against Alex. So, oh man, was, I'm giving you all the tech KYT. Don't tell we, me. <laughs> we decided to. <laughs> we decided I like sleeve up your deck, and he sleeved up like his a reg Delver deck with a bunch of like two, three ofs to, for for him to get a feel of what cards he liked and didn't like. Yeah, that um, good. and and you know I, I felt like I was advantaged pre-board. I think that's what people were saying in articles. Uh, but post-board, I just not knowing Legacy at all, didn't really know what the approach was. And he he was citing in Tormod's Crypt, Elemental Blast, and Pyroblast, and Flusterstorm in his sideboard. He said he was. He had nine cor- cards against the Reanimator deck, and I just felt like post board he just like had my number most of the time. Um, like I'm, I was bringing show and tells, so because you know obviously to play around Tormod script and whatever graveyard Haiti had, but then he had all these bla- <laughs> he had all these blasts, so it was like I couldn't. Do He's anything. like I brought in show and tell <laughs> to play right into his blast and his flusterstorms. I mean, so, <laughs> so I didn't know what to do post board. It seems like he just like either playing wrong or he just totally. Crushes me post board. Well, most of the rug decks that I played against didn't have a whole lot of blasts, and they definitely didn't have flusterstorm. So show and tell with city of traders was like a cakewalk against them. But if all he has is crypt and like he might have surgical or something, then you just go for the reanimate plan. Don't even mess with trying to show and tell against a deck with a bunch of red blasts. Okay, that makes sense. Like it's, it's honestly not that hard to fight through a crypt, you know, like. If if you get to entomb something and then 
they crypt you uh, when you try and reanimate it. Like, it's not a big deal. You know, you just set it up again. Okay. Uh, the submerges help a lot there, like, make it so they can't put any pressure on you. And then if you show and tell and they gilded Drake, you can submerge their gilded Drake. Yeah, but this is a this is a red blue, right? This is not rug. No, I, I rug. He was playing rug. Oh, it is yeah. rug. Okay, okay. And I just feel like so out of place playing this deck, just because like playing standard, you have you just sort of curve out, and and in legacy, I just always feel overwhelmed because everything costs so low, so you have so yeah. many decisions you can make, and I'm just like, uh. <laughs> Well, you need to to practice a lot, and maybe you're better off not playing Reanimator. Like, that's probably not your thing. Brad, Brad four-owed standard with his crazy Frights deck when he played for, like, a week and a half leading up to the tournament and, you know, built the deck and tuned it and got it to where he wanted to be. And then he 0-4'd Legacy when he had played, like, ten games with Reanimator. So mm-hmm. uh, you probably don't want to be in the same boat as him. So I would advise you to, like, maybe try Rug, I guess. Like, you've played Delver decks, you know? I mean, Force like... Porcelain Legionnaire, Tarmogoyf, same thing. <laughs> people, are, people are recommending me to try Hetrick Stoneblade because I've been playing Stoneblade like, during that time, but I don't think that's a good deck in the metagame, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Should I just I w- play I Hypergenesis? Play- <laughs> you could. You could, dude. You could. That's, that's what Caitlin would tell you to play. It's like, what would you tell your... <laughs> Would you would you tell your girlfriend to play Jerry and I'll play that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always get overwhelmed. Like it's and then when playing against Alex, like having to play around Days Stifle and and all these cards and and being aware of that and Wasteland, it's just like I have so much respect for people who are good at Legacy. It's it's. Uh... Like, I feel I'm competent standard, and, and going to Legacy, I'm just a total noob. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, there are plenty of people that think they're good at Legacy, but unless you can decide which of those cards that you can afford to play around and, you know, make really, I don't know, like, unconscious decisions very quickly and have them be correct, like, you're probably not very good, you know? Yeah. I would assume I don't know because I'm not very good, but yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so if if KYT were to play Hypergenesis, would you stand by the Acromas Memorial or would you recommend the Maelstrom Wander? Dude, the more the memorials are so much better, and Todd is a moron for wanting to play Wander. He just wanted to play with it because it was new. So so actually, it's funny that we should mention him by name. But have you guys gotten over the whole like? You know, him always wanting to punch you in the face over and over again. Like, are you guys through that or what? Yeah, I mean, we're friends. I just played basketball with him today, actually. (laughs) Okay. No, I mean, it was just like me and him just like shooting around. Like, we're, we're friendly. Okay. We're cool. That's good. Good. I'm glad. I like, I like Todd Anderson for the record. Just putting it out there for everyone, you know, to know. He did uh he did the Summon Legend series, which also Scotty Mac did, so I'm a big fan. <laughs> nice, yeah, I read that. It was pretty good. Not as good as yours though. Not right? remotely. <laughs> Not remotely. <laughs> Not remotely. Oh man. I he may it. be a better magic player than I am, but like I'm way more interesting of a person than he is. I don't know, <laughs> man. It's it's really neck and neck for me. It's a, it was a good one, man. Yeah. Well I guess the it's difference is we we grew up on different sides of the tracks, I guess. And I think, yeah. you know, some people uh, are attracted to that. And, you know. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, 
back to legacy if, if I can, because uh, I'm also trying to trying to glean a little bit of info for this uh, tournament. What happened to Maverick? <laughs> that isn't a deck anymore, right? It's fine. It's just like really underpowered. You just you have like such a huge sweat every turn. We're like, well, you know, if I get to untap with my Knight of the Reliquary, you know, I think things will be okay. But you just can't stop them from doing anything. So you're just like. Okay, does he have the Entomb? No, okay, does he have the Show and Tell? Okay, he's got the Show and Tell. Like, what creature does he have? And you're just like, okay, I'm dead. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but couldn't you just, like, tech out Maverick? No. Like, what about, like, uh, what about Limvala? You're, what about you're a green-white creature deck that doesn't really interact with your opponent. So, it's like, you, you can tech out your deck and play, like, five cards that matter, but you're not going to draw them and you have no way to find them. So what's the point? Well, you just play a real deck that can interact. Yeah, what of that? Because, because some people like oh, playing Maverick. Because, <laughs> I mean, if if you want to play Maverick, that's fine. Uh, like crop rotations are good. You get Caracas or Bajukabog. You can play Todd's Purify the Graves, which are fine. Play a bunch of Oozes, Thalias. Like you said, Linval is good, but it like doesn't really solve the problem. They still have like a seven-seven in play, or they just put an Emrakul, and you're dead anyway. Hmm. Yeah, these are all very good points. Yeah. So I'm checking that off the list. No, no, uh. <laughs> no Maverick. <laughs> no, no Maverick. Maverick. <laughs> I even forgot the name for a second. I was like, all right, that, that deck is not seen this way. And, and what about Blue Red Delver? Is, is Rug just better? Uh, the, okay, so the problem with Blue Red Delver before was that it was really bad in the, like the tempo mirrors, like if you play Blue Red Delver against Rug, you have Snapcasters, which means that you want to play your third land, and then you want to play your fourth because you're probably Snapcasting or Brainstorm so that you can fetch. So then you have four lands in play, whereas they have two, and they just don't ever need to cast Snapcaster. Like the two one isn't relevant, so you think you're getting card advantage, but you're really not. And you don't have Wastelands, and you have a bunch of like mediocre burn spells where Rug has actual. Uh, permission spells, so you don't even get to interact that much against combo decks. So if you're, if I was playing like Blue Red Delver now, I would have uh, probably Lava Mancer instead of Goblin Guide, some Vendillion clicks, and then like a lot more counter spells. And then you're just like a bad rug deck, I guess. But Nimble Mongoose and Tarmogoyf aren't very good, so I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, lots of choices. A- AJ really likes his Blue Red list, right? Well, AJ usually likes every deck that he plays with. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Like he he will not let anyone tell him that he's wrong. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's wrong or that his deck's bad or anything, but like that's just how he is. So you obviously the face of the grinders. You know the the, the faces have all changed. I mean, there's been a lot of changes made to the Star City Games tournaments in general. Uh, in terms of the prizing and all that sort of stuff. Um, not the same crowd that there used to be. Uh, who should people be really looking out for, except for yourself at these events? Well, it depends. It's all regional. Uh, I think... God, now I'm going to have to like go look at like who won tournaments or something. I don't know. It's just like there isn't a way to incentivize people to go to every tournament. And that's been the hardest thing with the the Players Club thing for Star City. Because it's like the one that uh, they had two years ago was rewarding a lot of the mid-level grinders 
who didn't really have to do anything. They would just go to their local tournaments, and eventually they'd have, like, 70 points, and then they'd be getting $100 a tournament. And then they weren't, like, writing for the website. They're not, like, really good personalities or anything. They're not, like, trying to live the dream so that people have someone else to look up to. They're just, like, showing up and, like, winning, and we're paying the money for no real reason. So it's like, well, that sucks. You know, maybe we could just find some way to pay the top end. But it's so hard to start from scratch now to just be like, all right, you're at zero points. Like now get up to like 300 points and then, you know, we'll see if we have to start paying you or whatever. No one's going to do that. And there's a bunch of Grand Prix going on. So I don't know. It's like, I think you just have to hope that if there's an event in like Indianapolis, you know, that you get to see like one of your 20 favorite people or something playing. But if you're in Portland or something, it's like, eh, you know, maybe there's five people there. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think they had good intentions, and, like, whenever you have something that, that that rewards, like like you said, the lower levels, and then you take it away, it's affecting more people than if you have something that rewards the higher levels and take it away. So, yeah. like, I think I think it, it just kind of put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Like, they kind of felt like, to me, like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, you know, they're giving away something free, right? So that's awesome. It turned out that the thing they were giving away that was free two years ago was insane. It was right. just ridiculous, right? Well, and now I, thing... I knew that off the bat. That's why I went to all their tournaments. Yeah, yeah I knew that too. I, I, yeah. I didn't have the skill to capitalize on it like you did, but, <laughs> but you know, I knew. I was like, oh, man, like, if I was good enough to play, I wouldn't be doing this trading thing. I would just grind these freaking things. Also, I have a regular job and a wife and all this stuff, so, right. you know, it's tough to get to all those things. But... Uh, you know, it kind of makes more sense for someone like me, right? Because, like, let's say I do, like, uh, practice for, like, you know, three weeks for the next Star City Open, and then I go, and let's say let's say I win, right? Well, now I want a bunch more money, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas, like, I don't have to go to each and every um, Star City Games tournament to get the benefit. You know, I could just go, and then, like, the payout's much better now than it was two years ago, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, I like that too. And I think if Star City had started with that rather than like, oh, you know, here's some benefits and that will cut them, or here's some benefits, we'll take them away. You know, it's just like bad how it worked out where they want to try a bunch of things and see what works. And then it ends up looking like they're taking a bunch of stuff away when they're not. You know, they're just like juicing the prize pool, which is what most people care about. But it, it does suck for the dudes that work hard to get, like, their 20 points or whatever, and then they get their benefit taken away. Like, that definitely sucks. But ultimately, those aren't incentives to get people to come to tournaments, and that's what they really want them to be, you know? It's yeah. just, like like you said, they're just giving away free stuff, and it's just, like, them hemorrhaging value, basically. Like, every every voucher they give away is, you know, money out of their pocket, and that's not going to convince anyone to grind their series more, so. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, yeah, like you said, they're giving it away free because there's no, there's no return. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I see a lot of that now that I'm doing my own thing. Like, I see a lot of things we're doing, and it's just kind of like I wonder. You know what I mean? I wonder if this is really bringing customers, or is it just like people are taking the free roll and then leaving? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, it's 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 tough to find that out too without trial and error. You know, you gotta do it and and see what people want. Yeah, definitely. So, and it's just, you know, I think, I think the magic community in general is very 
it's kind of a bad community to do that in because, you know, they're very vocal in a negative sense. And, uh, you know, they just crybabies. You guys are crybabies. All right. Let's just, let's just <laughs> call it what it is. I, I agree with that. But I think for the most part, a lot of the people at Star City are, are very level headed and they can read through all that BS, you know, and find out what, what people actually care about. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I, I think they're getting closer and closer to that. Like, the Invitationals basically could not get much better. You know, they they figured out that the draft opens were just hemorrhaging money, too, and it does suck for, like, the eight people that actually wanted to play in them or whatever, but, you know, <laughs> you're, you are the minority. I'm sorry. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I think uh, I think Star City is doing a great job. Uh, I think they really did a good job by hiring uh, Ruben Bressler. Like, yeah, Ruben's been doing awesome work. Yeah, I think he's brings a new dimension to the website and the brand and stuff that is uh, it's really good. I, I I really enjoy his uh, his stuff. I gotta tell you, he is um he he very quickly proved his expertise at uh, making Jacob Van Lunen look silly on what do you camera. Do? No, just. In general, the way that they were interacting and the way that he was sort of like reacting and commenting to a lot of, you know, JBL's painfully obvious statements. Because, um, like, JBL's an awesome guy. Like, take nothing away from him. Like, he's a really cool guy. Um, every like, When I've met him at the, the few events and stuff, like, always been really cool. Um, he gets slagged on so bad for his coverage. It's yeah. so funny. Um, and, I mean, a lot of it just has to do with you know, I don't think he knows a lot about legacy as a format for one, uh, which is fine. But uh, yeah, it just—it was really funny to watch uh, Ruben. It was almost like he was just making sport of him. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch some of that. Yeah, it was end of day one for sure. Where and I actually went out of my way to send to send Ruben a message. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> well done, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I also love that he can he can pull off the asking like embarrassing questions you know like the whole like he's kind of ribbing you know uh he, he's ribbing uh what's his name uh brad nelson he's ribbing brad nelson like uh in the interview you know about being the player you're now you know not me and this kind of thing and ribbing other people about little things that are not not necessarily like fun things to talk about but he can also just kind of say it and it's kind of funny and everyone gets that you know yeah i like that well the funny thing is is that like the player of the year stuff for Brad comes up all the time. We make fun of him for that all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's Ruben always, that's has always gotten practice, bad. basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I want to give him props uh, on the air here. I know he does in contention podcast too. So, uh, yeah. so that that was that was another good pickup for uh, for Star City. I think the uh, in contention podcast. It's uh, it's a good cast, so it's good to uh, bring that on board. Well, if it's not going to be us, it's got to be somebody. <laughs> well, I mean, they can't have us, right? I know. I mean, come on. I know. Come they on. want us, though. We know they want us. Come on. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Jerry, what's next for you, man? Like, I mean, what's on the horizon for you? You got any major projects? Like, you were talking about a book at some point. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Any little Jerry's, maybe, in the, in the making? Like, <laughs> man, Medina, you're just... You're just getting all up in he, my business. They call him Doctor Too much dirt. Too much Howard Stern. <laughs> okay. We're not. We're not going to touch that one right now. But uh, as far as projects and stuff, I don't know. I had the book, and it's 
about as done as it was, you know, two years ago. And it's something that I really want to finish, but I just have like no motivation right now. Like I don't need the notoriety. I don't need the money. Uh, there were certain points I think where it would have made a good ending for it. And even like that didn't motivate me and I don't want to put it out if it's not a hundred percent like how I want it. So I'm just kind of in this tight spot where I can't finish it. Just publish your notebook someday. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah Nick I, I, Six did I, it. I could probably do that. Jerry, what's the best card right now that's under the radar and standard that nobody's playing or talking about? That nobody's playing? Like, not even me? Not enough people are playing. Well, obviously, you would be playing it if it's the best one. Hello? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I could look through my notebook real quick. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll talk about something else while I look through my notebook. <laughs> All right. Isn't there a card? There's a... There's a blue, I think it's a blue and a colorless, and it says tap a creature, it doesn't untap, and draw a card. It's two it, blue. It's two or blue and one. Two, 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 and, two and blue, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good card, right? No, you fuck. It would be better at two mana. It's worse at three. Yeah, I guess yeah. it is. I thought it was two mana. That's why I was thinking that was a good card. It, and know. it's still not better than Feeling of Dread, which yeah. still nobody's playing. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right about that. I mean, I guess draw, the, the card you're drawing in that case is another feeling of dread, right? Hey, uh, yeah. Jerry, how do you, um, do you get Dude, along he's with... he's looking at his notebook. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, but he's on, talking to something else. Listening. Sam Black's decks lately that keep popping up on Star City for all of the different videos and stuff. Like, obviously Sam is a, is a, is a, an active brewer. Do you feel like this is just, you know, like him putting out a bunch of stuff and seeing what sticks, or is he just trying out a bunch of different stuff for fun and seeing if something's good, and just coincidentally giving us all a window into it? Uh, I don't know. He's been doing that for years. I think now with streaming and him being more active on Star City and stuff, uh, he's just more willing to you know open his notebook. Okay. Basically. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at a few deck lists I have in here. Uh, a couple things from. Solar Flare deck that I played with. I had a Mimic Vet in my main deck. That was pretty sweet. Uh, against Delver, if you ever put Phantasmal Image under it, it's like, really hard for them to beat you. Yeah, that's good. And then in my sideboard, I had two Torpor Orbs, which it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people are playing. I was but, playing it. Thank you for that sideboard help, by the way. Uh, Vault of the Archangel is pretty excellent. That's the Death Touch Lifelink land? Yeah. Yep. That, that card is really good. It's is really it really annoying. good? Yeah, like, I just noticed in Delver matches, like, I'm kicking their ass with all my, you know, green creatures, and then they're just like, oh, vault. And then they play, like, a lingering soldier, and then I'm like, fuck. Like, it's yeah. over. Like, I can't even swing on them. And, and then I think Terminus is probably the other one, where, like, all these people are playing Delver, and they're siding in Day of Judgment. I think they should have Terminus instead, because Terminus actually beats the Undying creatures. But, I mean, that's kind of like a nitpicky thing. Yeah, you've been you've been commented a couple times to say like Dave Judgment is just terrible. Like often on Twitter I think. But. So but is 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 Terminus better than Day of Judgment because of Miracle or overall is it better? Like 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 how bad is it in a Delver deck when it's in your opener or in the first couple draw steps and you don't get value out of it? Well, I think Day of Judgment in your opener or in your first couple of draw steps is pretty bad too, but the fact that it actually puts stuff on the bottom 
and gets rid of the stuff that is killing you, which is usually the undying guys. And the fact that you can yeah. ponder to set it up means that it's probably a little bit better. Like, obviously, if you have to hard cast it, it's worse. But I mean, but if, like, it's but it's worth the risk, is what you're saying? Yeah, probably. I think the upside is super huge, and the downside is like not that big of a deal because yeah. it's not like you're just slamming Dave Judgment on turn four, really. You know, you're yeah. probably playing a game of magic and tricking them into getting super far ahead. Because if you don't play anything in, like, the first three turns, like, they're probably going to know something's up. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I found I, I found the same thing when I was playing around with the two of them. And it was very quickly, you know, four terminus and one or zero days. Like, it just, it, playing it with Ponder as well is just so good. I mean, tuck, the tuck effect is just way better right now anyway. I mean, even against, like, Solar Flare and stuff, right? Because, I mean, you don't want to be dang a jet, Day of Judgment a guy a bunch of titans and then chat slam another one and get six in the back or some shit, right? So Yeah. And I remember playing against that dude Eric yeah. something. I forget his last name, but e- Evil Beard on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Whenever he like terminus my geist on turn five or something, like miracle it off a ponder and I couldn't mana leak it, I'm just like, come on man, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah, go good. evil beard. Yeah. That, that is annoying. It, it was speak- really funny. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was really funny because he sat down against you round one, right? And, yeah, and, Nashville. Yeah, and he messaged me. He's like, of course, I'm sitting down against Jerry round one. So, of course, he knows every fucking card in my deck, right? Well, see, <laughs> the thing is, is that I didn't know that you guys worked together, right? Like, for all I knew, he was just an Esper control deck. Yeah. And then we were just BSing in between games. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was working on this deck with Scotty Mac. And I'm just like, okay, what was in that email? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. I love how it's just, like, right for the throat. Instead of, like, oh, that's nice, Scotty Mac. He's like, what was in that email? <laughs> Like parsing yeah, yeah. the deck list in his mind, he's like, "All right, I'm yeah. gonna crush this." <laughs> Dude, it's it's all about information. Brad, go get my fucking emails. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Speaking of miracles, uh, somebody mentioned a miracle in the comments last week because I was talking about uh, what I should run for my FNM hero deck, and they said uh, "Revenge of the Hunted." That, that card's sweet. And that card is freaking dirty, man. I was I've been playing a list with four of it, four of the Revenge of the Hunted in it. Yeah. And uh, oh, like especially like what reminded me was that whole miracle the terminus, and then uh, and you couldn't mana leak it. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to me. He had a uh, he had a Snapcaster, uh, a couple lingering souls, and uh, like a what's that guy the the guy who makes an artifact? Uh, Blade Splicer. Blade Splicer. And then I just miracled one of those things and just killed, like, killed this whole board. Got yeah, him for some damage. Yeah. If you're playing Dungrove, that's one of the best cards in your deck, I think. I remember playing a match on Moto where I played, like, a Delver, a Geist, and then a Hero Blade Hold. And I, uh-huh. I should just be crushing this guy, but he played Dungrove on three, so my Geist couldn't attack, so I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever, I'll play Hero next turn and just, like, swarm him. And he miracled Revenge that turn and killed my Geist and my Hero. <laughs> <laughs> It, I, it's not even it's not even bad to hard cast it. It's six mana, but yeah, like I'm playing. No, it's I'm not. Playing, if you have like birds and elves, like whatever. Yeah, I'm playing four of each, and I'm just like, oh, by the way, you know, boom, slam this thing, and they just don't. They're like six mana. What's he, what the hell is he doing? And then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that card is pretty sweet, man. I'm I'm getting into it. Like, uh, uh, what's it called? Jay told me, you know, you just gotta you just gotta play dumb guys and try to burgle wins, right? Yeah, and man, that card is the best at burgling wins. Like that's like the cat burglar. <laughs> yeah, that is like the cat burglar. <laughs> yeah, that card steals so many games. It's just like, oh, by the way, 
attack, 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 attack. Well, shout out to that guy who gave me that tip. Uh, I was already thinking about it. I had already traded for him when I seen your comment, but uh, good thing that we're on the same uh, we're on the same wavelength here. You guys are dude bros. We're we're dude bros. I don't know his name, but we're still dude bros. Dude bros. M13. Let's ask him oh, which which scum, cars he loves. Scumbag stories. Come on, oh, scumbag stories. Scumbag like a year. Jerry has to have the best of them. I want to hear a fucking Jerry T scumbag story. No hold mm. Come on. Man, he's he you know what he's he's much more he's much more of a public figure now that he's becoming one of the big faces of Star so City. Shouldn't you know he what I mean? be t- like outing the scumbags? I think he should, but you know, think, we okay, can also like Barack okay, Obama went right after Osama bin Laden. He just fucking I got one, you guys ready? Yep. Okay. Okay, so there's this dude that I don't like that a lot of people like. And I don't know why they like him. You know, he's not like overtly scumbaggy or anything, but I just catch like this really selfish, like scumbaggy vibe off him, right? And up until uh, a few months ago, I didn't really have a story that I could tell that would epitomize what I think is wrong with this dude. But <laughs> now I finally have one. So it better not be me. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's not you. It is no one on this podcast. I'll tell you who it is at the end, but just for now, I'm not going to name names because okay. I want to see if you guys can figure it out or whatever. But anyway, so we, sweet, we played sweet. a tournament and we're like 5-0 and I lose to this guy a ton. So I lose to him here and then I lose the next round as well. And he's like, I think I was paired down to him. So now he's 6-1 and one and I'm 5-2 and two or something. And he comes up to me and he's just like, oh, hey, man, did you win? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, what What are you sorry for? And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm sorry that you're hurting my tiebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. It's like, you are the most self-absorbed person in the history. Like, you could not care less about, you know, my record or how I'm doing. You only want to know, like, what's going on with you. And it's just a joke. And like, basically every one of my interactions with him has been like that, so any guesses? Oh, oh my god, I have no idea. Well, it has to be someone who would go 6-1. <laughs> uh, it's man. not Michael Jacob, because you guys are pretty Drew good, Levin? Right? It's not either of them. No. no. You Okay, so you did say that you lose to this guy a lot. So sure. I'm fairly sure that you had indicated during one of our last during your last time with us, that there's, like, one guy that has your number all the fucking time. And I don't know if it's... I, I can't remember his name to save my life, but I don't know if it's that guy or if this is somebody... No, I don't, I don't remember who that was, but you you know his name. Sure. Fuck. I wish I was better at this game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I wish I knew magic players that are doing well. Yeah, me too, that are douchebags. All right, I'll, I'll give you guys a hint. Yeah. He got a sponsor's invite to the BT. Oh, really? <laughs> Caleb Durward. That's that's the one. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Man. Oh wow. Uncovering yeah. the dirt. Yeah, that's I could see that. That's I just oh. I, I strongly dislike that dude and he's never done like anything to me. All of our interactions have been like pretty nice or whatever, but something like that 
to me is just very telling of who he is, really, you know? Wow. Speaking of that, I don't get like. Let me just let me just throw this yeah, in there because like because he was uh, he did editing for legit uh, when we first started. Okay. Um, he was like one of the first guys to kind of uh, volunteer to do editing, and uh, he did an awesome job. Uh, he got too busy. Like it was right when he was like when he right when he was earning that uh, the invite. You know what I mean? So like he was like doing well in tournaments, and he just. He got too busy and he stopped. But like all the interactions that I had with him were very, uh, like they were good. You know, I just I never got the scumbag vibe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was he was he was quick to help out and he didn't uh, he didn't expect much in return. And you know, it was just kind of like it was the opposite of what you described as far as selflessness and, and selfishness. And this could just be two sides of the coin. You know, I'm obviously not saying you know right, right, right. I don't know. When whenever someone tells me a story like that, it's it's kind of sketchy because I feel like he's the type of person that always has his best interest in mind. So if he is doing something nice for you, it's because he thinks he's going to get something in return. Yeah, I mean that could have been it. Uh, I mean maybe maybe he thought legit was going to take off and was hoping to like you know be the editor. But I don't I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Like I think uh, you know. Well, you just have to know that when something better comes along, like he's just, just going to ditch you, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, there's, there's I no see, loyalty there. Yeah, yeah. I see the, uh, I, I mean, I see the, the point, you know, like yeah. he's definitely, he's not yeah. editing for me anymore, you know? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's a good point. But, uh, like I said, my interactions with him were, uh, were okay. You know, I, I never had a problem with him. No, like I said, you know, our interactions have been, pretty cool and chill as well, but I still get that vibe from him and I think that's the type of person he is, so maybe it's the beard. Maybe it's a... <laughs> Oh man. The beard does not help his cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh KYT, are you still here? Yeah, I'm fall here. asleep there, buddy. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm waiting to rewatch uh, Lindbergh, like Jerry's girlfriend beating his ass, so I can learn more about hypergenesis. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so back to that match. Yeah, the the messed up thing was that in game three, my Blazing Archon was the very bottom card of my deck. Ooh, <laughs> it's BS. I don't know if, if she. Like, if she shuffle cut me or, or what she did, but <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's good. That's good. She seemed a little nervous to be on camera. She was, and... she was nervous. If if it wasn't me, I think she probably would have declined the video feature match. But it was it was actually cool that we got to play each other because now she's you know probably more used to that and. She'll be fine on the camera next time. She'll beat some other dude's ass now. So nice. Yeah, and the, the, it's funny because the, there was people like I guess talking about how she cracked a fetch. I guess she cracked a fetch at a certain point, and uh, it was not necessary. She, and, she did it on turn one, and I uh-huh. was like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm like dead already. Like you just have the nuts. What's going on here?" And then she just like smiles at me and just like searches, puts into play, shuffles, picks up her hand, and just like yeah, go. Yeah, so, and so I think people were giving her crap about that, right? Well, she she just, like, took a quick look at her hand and thought she had uh, another spirit guide or something. Like, she thought one of the cards was different. Uh-huh. And so she just, like, killed me on turn two instead. <laughs> oh, bummer. Uh, 
But I thought it was pretty funny because it was basically just like, you know, she's slow rolling me and fucking with me. Yeah. It, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't intentional or anything, but I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it could have been the ultimate slow roll, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, that would have been sick. All right, so uh, do we have anything else, gents, or do you want to move on to, uh, to shout-outs here? Shout-outs. 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 What's your uh, next major event, Jerry, real quick? Uh, I have a PTQ in Roanoke this weekend. Does that count? Sure. It'll probably, be 50, it'll probably be 50 people. Other than that, it'll be Grand Prix Atlanta the next weekend. Why do you, where, why do you play in PTQs? I don't have a flight yet, so it's like a $600 cash tournament because the Roanoke oh. Airport is terrible. But also there are people like Todd Anderson, Brian Brondewin that I want to block for. Oh, uh, okay. Block for? So yeah. Kill like everyone if, else so that you can get them in? Yeah, basically. Like, if I get to play them in top eight or top four or something and concede to them, then it's worth my $30 or whatever the entry fee is. You know, like, I, I just want my friends that are on my team to be qualified for the tournament. Nice. How, how badass is that? Like, you're so good at magic that you're going to go play in a tournament to block for your friends. <laughs> uh, I did it at the last IQ. It, there was this guy, Matt Itell. Then the top four, other than him, was me, Todd, and Kenny Caster. So we all just conceded to him. Nice. Bad I tell. Yeah. Uh, he wrote he wrote an article for me. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Yeah he uh, huh. he just he just submitted it. It's a uh, it's about running hot. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. Yeah yeah yeah. I, I recognize the name. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, the article is pretty pretty insane. It was very math driven, and to me, I'm like reading it, like scratching my head, like what? How does this work? <laughs> I'm like googling shit, you know, like <laughs> googling math. <laughs> I'm googling math. Yeah, it's like you have three lawns, and you have I'm to like, cut them all on Sunday. I'm like, this <laughs> oh, you bastard! <laughs> I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Mexican joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man! No, man. That, joke. that was a that was an agriculture joke. Yeah, it was about you gotta Google it. Just go Google it. Yeah. <laughs> you had to sneak one in, didn't you? What happened to Team Jay and Jonathan, man? When we you we blew tag team the audience, dude. What happened? You fucking blew it. <laughs> you blew it. All right, shout outs. Shout outs. Shout out, Jerry. Who would you like to uh, say uh, what's up to? Uh, well, I could just go in the other room and say what's up to her, but I'll, I'll give a shout-out to my awesome girlfriend, Caitlin Lindbergh, and also Ooh. Star City Games. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Get out of here. That wasn't me, by the way. That wasn't me. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, I guess we want to obviously thank you very much for showing up. Uh, we are always, always enjoy your company. Um. We uh, we love the scumbag stories. We love uh, we just love yeah. your we love your honest, you know, and and open discussion. And I think that at the end of the day, that's you know the mark of a true champion, and uh, all that jazz. So, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for always being around to help whoever you know, who help whoever needs it. I think that it uh, it really speaks a lot about about you, and uh, I really appreciate the help and. Uh, Sorry if I was a, an annoying prick about it, but uh, it was it was all sweet. No, no, it was it was cool. You were just getting a little uppity. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I apologize. I you know what? I'm so connected, and I take for granted that not everyone 
maybe as you know actively about it as I am. So that's fine. Oh no, no, it was it was cool. I just thought it was funny where it's like I sign on Twitter and I'm like in a car or something. You're just like, hey, check your email. Then three hours later, you're like, dude, why aren't you checking your email? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, it's, so like the, it's like the ex-girlfriend or, you know, the girlfriend who, well, she becomes your ex because she's always like, hey, dude, like, I called you five minutes ago. How come you haven't checked your messages? And, are you with another girl? Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? What are, are you, you at? Are, are you working? Are you working on someone else's deck right now? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, thought we, I thought we had, I loved you. <laughs> so, uh. So shout out to everybody that's going to be heading out to GP Vancouver this weekend. Hopefully you guys Whoa. have a good time. Um, Jay, hopefully you uh, are actually able to get some good miles out of that booze cube this weekend. That's going to be insane. Oh, yeah, man. I like it's a limited GP. I'm going to open fucking dirt. I'm going to open six <laughs> fucking lands is what I'm opening. Ugh, terrible. So whatever. I'm booze cubing it up yep. all weekend. Yep. All fucking weekend. So, uh, shout out to the guy who put out that M that magic rap video. Like, did you guys check that out? Go uh, Remy. I, yeah. Yeah. Remy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, it was pretty funny. The explorers at the end were priceless. So yeah. check that out. Um, yeah. Otherwise this week has been quiet. So Not really, what are you talking about? Friggin' what's his name? Had a battle. Friggin with what's his name? Freaking Drew Levin had a battle with Mental Misstep. With Burton's. With Burton Seedy, man. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was all kinds of drama all over Twitter Burst? this week. Is that, is that something new? No. Yeah. Well, there was back. there was a new battle. No, Burton I know. I mean, I saw it. I saw it, but it was more of the same stuff. Slayed. Yeah. That's like it was like a time machine. We just went back in time six months. Yep. It was like a time machine. Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of like clocks and time. Um, shout out to Saito, yeah. Tomoharo Saito, like, <laughs> Saito just put out, he just finally lit up his website, like, SaitoCardShop.com, okay? So you should totally check it out, because it's fucking everybody here in the States in the ass on their Japanese world pricing. So you should totally oh. go and check it out, because it's awesome. <laughs> right. I'm good. That's it. Next. Okay, uh, shout out to, uh, Jerry T for joining us. Uh, it's always good to have him on the cast and dig into his personal life, you know? That's, uh, that's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to, man, I had a whole list. I can't forget, I can't remember now. All I could think of was Joshua Lemish. <laughs> shout out to Joshua <laughs> Lemish. <laughs> mono shout outs to mono Joshua shout out. Lemish. I gave him a mono shout out. That was awesome. Um, shout out to, um, oh man, this is the worst. Shout out to I don't you guys gotta come back to me or something man I'm I'm blowing it here I'm fall I'm falling off the cliff oh shout out to uh, Jason Bailey uh, he's helping me out with editing now as well so uh, big thumbs up to him shout out to the new people helping me sort cards and stuff at legit that's been helpful and uh, shout out to you guys for letting me blow off some steam on the A Team podcast that's what we're here for all right Jay. Oh, me now. Oh, finally. Shout out to the fucking Booze Cube, um, which is like a sweet, sweet... If you guys haven't seen it, check out the blog. I don't know what it is. Something stupid, probably. 
blogity at bloggerton.boozecube.com or something. Um, you can check it out on Twitter at the Booze Cube. It's pretty sweet. It's like this guy made his own set, but it has to do with drinking, and it's like super degenerate, and you just drink. And all it's you exactly the same shout-out that I gave last week. It's just that it took Jay a week to read all of the links yeah. and listen to what I had to say. It's actually sweet, because Scotty never has anything sweet to actually say. He just talks garbage. So, shout-out, <laughs> shout-out for real. Not garbage, Scotty, shout-out. Shout out to Chris Lansdale, who I'm going to be playing Booze Cube with uh, oh this weekend. And, like, I don't know how that's going to go. It might be one of those things where, like, we throw a pool cue down and uh, break it in half, and then only one of us gets to live. <laughs> might be one of them things. Oh, I, thought, I thought that was, like, some way of getting married or something, you know? Like an that's how gay marriage is in Canada. Yeah, you break a pool cue and then you yeah. jump over it, you know. And yeah, no, that's how it works. It's like the Jews; we just break it in, in with our feet. Are you scared he wants to fight you? <laughs> no, I'm not scared. He wants to fight me. It's Chris Lansdale. Does he really <laughs> want to fight you? I don't You're... think he wants to fight me. And if he does want to fight me, I will kill him. I will I actually, got your I will, back. You may I will be surprised. Murder. He's. He, like he's tall. He's taller than he's I am. He's tall. He's tall. Big deal. You know what that means? That means his balls are closer to my fists. Oh my god! <laughs> and you're kind of a gnome, so you know. You, yeah. yeah, that's right. You got the advantage. You got that center of gravity that's going. Right. For you. I, and I'm relentless. I am relentless. Dark side all day, baby. Um. I, so shout I'd out love to Chris to fight Lansdale. You guys. That'd be awesome. Shout out to Chris Lansdale, who I'm apparently now just going to murder. I'm just going to murder you. <laughs> Um, shout out to Jerry for finally coming back. Uh, thank you for coming back and teaching us more. Um, shout out to, hmm, hmm. shout out to Chris Macaroni. Why? Um, yeah. I don't know what, I can't just shout that guy out. He's not cool enough for you, KOD. Hmm? He's fine. Hmm? Everybody just has to shout out Joshua Lemish. Is that how this, is how you're running this operation? Hmm? Oh man, are you on the opposing side now? Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all I got. Shout out to everybody else. Shout out to the, the Tabor guys who scored a sweet, sweet house for um, GP Vancouver that has a hot tub. So not only will we be playing Booze Cube, we will be playing Hot Tub. That sounds dirty, but I'm sure it will not be dirty. You and Liz Cransdell in the hot tub? <laughs> No, Liz Cransdell is not from Tabor. He's not one of the Tabor guys. He doesn't get come in the hot tub because he'll be dead. Maybe that's how I murder him. Oh, man. I want to see Magic Players fight. That's oh. hilarious. It'll be like a slap fight. Yeah, it would be. Like, none of these guys know how to fight. It's, it's true. I don't know. Maybe some of us know how to fight. A very few, a very few select people. I just found this out on a trip to, uh, to a Magic tournament. I, I was in the car with, like, or in the hotel room with eight different dudes. And I was talking Sounds about, like, like oh, yeah, it was awesome. And I was like, oh, you know how when you when you first fight, you get that adrenaline, and it's, like, pumping, and it's, like, you're kind of scared, and you're kind of, like, explaining it? And they're like, yeah, we don't know about that. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, wait, you guys have we never been in a fight, like, ever? Fun. Like, not even on the, like, playground or something? They're like, no, man, we never fought. I'm just like, this is insane. <laughs> Back on the streets in Mexico... We yeah. had to fight for every fucking churro that came down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> like some That's of us right. were raised right. in a neighborhood where you know we didn't. I have thought to fighting was like part of the adolescent like right. experience. Like you yeah, grow up, and it is. Yeah. 
Oh man, come on! You you've never gotten a fight, Jay? I mean, tons of fights. I'm 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 Canada Mexican though. All right, there you go. See, you've been in fights. <laughs> I mean, I think you missed that joke, but yeah, I've been in fights. <laughs> 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 that's it. That's all my shout outs. You're boring okay. Jerry T. He all wants right. to go bang his girlfriend and make baby Jerry. Oh. Let's go here. <laughs> all right. Oh, rock and roll. Or at least practice really, You took it really too far, hard. bro. You took it too far. Practice really hard. Is that yeah. what you said? Yep. Or at least oh, practice really hard. That's right. Yeah. I'm down okay. with practice. You Chris, be- hope you guys have a good time. I want to see, like, video or pictures of you actually <laughs> interacting with each other. In the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's better than asking for some picture. <laughs> Shouts to all my friends who are going to be playing at the GP Vancouver. Um, Shouts to Alex. Um, but uh, he he's going and he's going to come back and go to Atlanta with me. Don't know if I can stand an entire weekend of uh, humble brags, but I'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's probably the king of humble brags. So. Um, I'll put Shots him in his place him. when we when you get down here. Yeah, please, please, please. Um, shout out to Maddie Studios, uh, someone who's commented on a bunch of our past episodes, and he's a loyal listeners, and uh, definitely uh, appreciate that, and uh, appreciate all the comments that we get every week. Um, shout out to Jerry, thanks for coming on. Can't wait to see you again in Atlanta. Um, Same. Hypergenesis or like is the Gorile's Vengeance deck easier than normal reanimator? I might go with that. Uh, probably not. Okay, hypergenesis it is. <laughs> yeah, the deck's about as simple as it comes, I think. Alright, thanks a lot. And that's my shoutouts. Alright. Well then, everybody, we'll see you next week for episode ninety one. No idea what the hell we have on tap, but we can at least guarantee that uh, it won't be as good as this episode. <laughs> We're coming up on a hundred guys. You guys better watch out. We gotta start planning for that. Oh man, a hundred episodes, a hundred is gonna be off the hook. Fuck! You better do something special, John, or else we're firing you. I'm gonna give something away. But who cares about that, dude? That's all I know how to do, bro. Better, well, it better be a fucking uncut foil sheet then. Hey, you're not the boss of me. I am the boss of you. I have tenure. Hey, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. I'm going to slap the salsa right out of your fucking mouth. All right, so tune in next week for the results of the Canadian-Mexican street fight. I'll give you a spoiler. I kicked Jay's ass. Featuring Liz Cransdale. That's right. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Peace.